Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. StrikeDeck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The StrikeDeck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, we have a topic I know all of our listeners will be interested in because I get questions about this all the time, health scores. Today, I'm joined by Ben Timmons, the Director of Customer Success for Singular.net. Ben has a background in customer success with a recent role at Optimizely, as well as in entrepreneurship, having co-founded two companies. With that interesting career combination, Ben has developed a very effective and somewhat scrappy approach to building a health score. So whether you are just getting started and considering how to adopt health scores in your own company, or you already have an advanced customer success tool that you're using, I think you can learn from Ben's approach. So Ben, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Can you share a little bit more about your background and about Singular.net with our listeners today? Kristen, thanks a lot for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'd be happy to go into my background and then take you through, at least from a high level, what, what Singular does. Great. So I'll try to keep this as short as short as possible. I grew up moving every two years or so. My family and I actually lived in Pakistan, Dubai, small town in Zambia, Austria, England, wow. several straight several states across the U.S. and Germany. So yeah, quite quite a bit of moving. <laughs> I, I started out after college working for a very small boutique financial firm that primarily invested in the education sector. And we actually eventually invested in a brick and mortar university by the name of Schiller International University, which had several locations across Europe. So knowing that I spoke German, my company asked if I'd like to move to Germany to help grow the business, which is where I really started to develop a a passion, I would say, for customer service. At the time, I was in charge of a really small team. It was my first job, I'd say, out of college that I really treated as my first full-time job. The initial job working for the financial firm transpired after doing a lot of internships with them throughout my duration of school. Um, and I had a few team members across across Germany, Switzerland, and Spain, respectively. The team and I were really in charge of improving year-over-year enrollment while driving down operational costs. After three years, we decided to sell the university, so I decided it would be a good time to pursue my MBA and chose Mannheim Business School, where I met some really amazing people and it was a great experience. I'm really glad that I I decided to do that. After learning firsthand through my previous role how critical the customer experience is in in a day and age where the customer truly now has all of the power, I decided to stay my course and I took a job with a German A-B testing and personalization technology company as manager of the customer success team. This is where I really started to develop an understanding and appreciation for what it takes to truly deliver a great customer experience within this subscription economy that we live in. The company and the team really took off 
And after being in Germany for close to seven years, my wife and I decided to move back to the U.S. to pursue an offer I got from Optimizely. I was going to be one of their first customer success managers at the company, so I was really excited about the opportunity and, and, and leaped at it. I assumed various leadership roles throughout my time with Optimizely, and after three years at one of the most amazing companies I've been a part of or even heard of, I decided to take a director of success role with Singular Labs, which is where I am today. Very cool. So tell us a little bit more about Singular. Yeah, no problem. So Singular is a mobile and web marketing analytics and attribution technology. Our mission is really to make it easy for anyone who invests in marketing and advertising to understand how effective their marketing and advertising dollars are by tying their spend to their revenue at a level of granularity that as of today is really unparalleled. Collecting and analyzing this data without a technology is really, really daunting as everyone works with multiple partners to target different audiences and segments of users across hundreds of these campaigns that they're launching. The performance data people in this world get is then spread across multiple dashboards and reports of many kinds, which, as you can imagine, is near impossible to manage, at least effectively and efficiently, that is. Yeah. The level of granularity that Singular provides to our clients is, at the moment, I would say unrivaled, and there's no one in the market today who can do what we do across both the spend side and the attribution side. And this, this mobile focus and uniqueness of the product are some of the major reasons I was really excited about joining on with the team. That's exciting. Yeah. It sounds like a really unique offering. I'll have to take your word for it since that's not my area of expertise, yeah. <laughs> but it sounds really cool. And very yeah, it's organized, been a great experience. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I, I don't know if I would say very organized. We're definitely still a young, scrappy startup, but uh, we, we have a lot of exciting things in the works. Very cool. So Ben, when you and I first met, we got into an interesting discussion on customer health scores. You and I have both been in situations where we had to get creative and build something without very many tools or very much data. (laughs) So um, I I found that a really interesting part of our first conversation. Can you give the audience a little more background on the situation you were in and why you decided you needed a health score? Yeah, definitely. I'd be be happy to. And like you said, I'm sure a lot of people can really resonate with what I'm about yep. to say. So there's there's a ton to think about when joining a young company that's going through a lot of growth. As I'm guessing, our listeners already know this really well, but among all of the hiring decisions, compensation, compensation structure, personal and professional development, doing all of this while trying to prove yourself at the same time is is really difficult. But one area that I really, really noticed that we had a gap in and that I was passionate about was really our ability to holistically look at whether or not a customer is healthy. Our customer data today at Singular, and especially when I join, lives in a lot of different areas, and it's very siloed, which means each CSM would have to every day log into multiple systems and try to piece together any information they felt would give them a, even a glimpse into whether or not their customers are getting value from our technology. Yeah. This is really what propelled me and, and really why I decided I needed to build something that would, at least as an M- MVP, provide us with a high level overview of our client's health. Yeah, I think that's great. I said earlier, I was in the same situation at one of the companies I worked for. And I think that your story about how you accomplished that, which we're going to get into in a few minutes, is is really interesting. So the term health score gets thrown around a lot in the customer success space. And people use health score and they use risk score. So you use health score. What do you mean when you say health score? How would you define yeah. that? 
you're absolutely right. HealthScore gets thrown around a lot without much explanation into what it actually entails or how to even begin to approach it. It feels like this incontrovertible value add to your business, yet no one really has any insight into how other companies accomplish it successfully if they even do it all. <laughs> so what I hope to do today is to really bring some clarity to the nebulous health score gossip and talk and prove that anybody can create their own health score with actual results and very limited resources. So you asked how I would define health score. I define health score as a predictable and accurate indicator for where CSMs and the rest of the organization need to spend additional time, where to celebrate, and reliable information for forecasting churn and expansion. This by no means that we're, that we're there today, but it's definitely a future state that I feel like we've structured pretty well, and it's something that's con consistently and constantly in work. Okay, cool. Let's get into some details. What do you think should go into a health score? What are the components that the listeners should be thinking about? Yeah, good question. So I think there's a wide range of criteria that need to encompass a health score to really produce worthwhile and actionable results. There are a lot of categories and criteria that, that the team and I considered before actually building our health score. And we made a lot of changes along the way and we'll continue to test and iterate down the road. So don't, don't be afraid to, to know that that's what you need to do as you get started. So to start, we listed out every category that we thought would be remotely interesting to include. This was really a whiteboarding exercise followed by a shared Google Doc uh, to allow everybody to edit and comment as needed over the course of the next couple weeks or so. So this is a really critical part of starting to determine and build your health score. So I'll go through a few of the main categories that we ended up distilling this down to. But okay. when we first started, we had I would say somewhere in the ballpark of maybe 50 ideas. We just sat down in a room for probably a few hours, about three hours, and whiteboarded out all the ideas we had of all the things that we could possibly track and all the different categories that could encompass a health score. And then we narrowed okay. it down. So I'll go over what we narrowed it down to now. Perfect. So we came up with product usage which I'll go into later, obviously has subcategories. We came up with strength of relationship. This is both at the executive slash decision maker level, as well as at the day-to-day -day or what we call power user level. We also talked about Zendesk activity, so our support tool and the support experience our clients get. Company financials, so publicly available information covering earnings and growth. Contact frequency and type. And by type, I mean, what was the interaction type? So we actually place a higher weight on a meeting and a call compared to an email. Uh, we, also, we also came up with maturity. So the customer's length as a customer and their last upsell. Billing, CSM gut feeling and sentiment, as well as customer feedback, which could be in the form of an NPS. So just to be, just to be clear, this was our initial initial stage and is really something that we want to get to down the road. So we backed our way out of this and that's what I'll go into into next. So as I just mentioned, the above and what I just listed are our goals to have in place by 2018. So from there, we ended up narrowing this down to three categories with subcategories, which we have in place today. However, when I first started, we focused 100% on product adoption as we felt this was the, the first health score component, we should build out and perhaps the hardest one to do, but we felt like it would give us a really good 
uh, give us a really good understanding of our client's health to start. So this is what I'm going to go into detail on um, as we as we go forward. Perfect. Okay. And I love that you included customer success manager sentiment um, and gut feel. I think that sometimes gets left out. And while I don't think a health score should be entirely CSM sentiment, I think that including that is is an important component uh, of your customer health um, in general. And I think if, especially if you have a high touch program, your customer success managers um, should have a, a, a good feel for how things are going with the client. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. There's just so much in the CSM's head that is really hard to quantify and really hard to track. So I feel like it's definitely a really important part of the score. But like you said, it's definitely not the whole score, but it's definitely something you need to incorporate. So how did you go about building the score itself? Can you describe the process for our listeners? Yeah, be happy to. So for me, this was the really fun and challenging part. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with very few resources, you definitely need to get as creative as you can, but you do need a little bit of help at a minimum. So let's go into step one. So we first we first discuss, and again, this was a whiteboard and Google Sheets exercise, why customers invest in Singular in the first place and what events they must be doing in order to yield any sort of return on their investment. So this is a really, really, really critical first step. And we actually came up with about 10 to 15 critical events. So that's step one. Step two, we looked, we looked at this behavior and thought about how we would actually want to track it. So for example... We know that if a customer is not running reports in the singular platform, that there's no way they're getting any value out of out of their investment. And we need to know this as soon as possible so that the CSM can take the appropriate action. We identified the top five metrics that we felt would fall into this category uh, based on the initial 10 to 15 that I just that I just spoke about. So when we narrowed this down, as I said, we came up with with five metrics. Those five for us, and of course, they're going to be different for everyone that's that's listening, but the five for us were analytics report run. This is our primary dashboard report uh, that's queried in the dashboard. The next one was level of API usage, because we know it's important for our customers to not only use our dashboard, but also to tap into our API if they want to directly bring this information into their BI system or whatever they have in place. The other one was creatives report run. This is another set of our of our product that's really critical to to the success that our customers see and one of the main reasons they buy singular. The, can you the, can you expand ahead, on that a little bit? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like what what does creatives mean? Yeah. Creatives reports. Yeah, no problem. So creatives report is actually our technology that automatically brings in the visual creative that the customer of ours has actually been sending out as a campaign. So it's a way for us to automatically pull in all of their campaigns at scale. And we actually use some machine learning technology and some pixel recognition software to identify themes and cohorts across these campaigns that they're launching so they can see which themed campaign performed better than others. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to call that out because I, I want to make sure people don't think this is some customer success specific thing that they should yeah. know about. <laughs> this is a, yeah, definitely no, yeah, a singular thing. Yes. Good point. So, yeah, so it's, okay. so it's definitely, definitely yeah. a singular thing. And these five okay. things are really critical events that we know our customers should be taking. So they're not going to be, they're not going to be transferable, transferable to anybody else. Just our, our overview of what we know our clients should be doing. Um, the next one, no problem. The next one is, is alerts. So this is actually our clients setting up alerts to let them know if, if a campaign or some sort of a bid has gone over a threshold, they're, they're automatically alerted of this. 
And then the final one was we know that our customers need to be setting up what we call custom dimensions. And this is really just a way for them to break out all of their campaigns in in a very customized way in, in regards to how they report on the on the campaign and its data internally on their side. So those are the five that we really narrowed it down to. And we we knew that if we had access to information around those five metrics, we'd be in a really good spot. Of course, there's hundreds of things we could track and try to incorporate into our health score, but we wanted to start with the most obvious and impactful events our customers should be leveraging and those that would not be too hard for us to track. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So now that we've actually identified the behaviors we want to track and worked on how we wanted to view the data and what was needed in order to make sure the data was represented the way that we wanted it to be shown. This essentially meant building out the business and technical requirements needed for the next step to be successful. Did we want to see these numbers daily, weekly, monthly? Do we have an org ID that's already assigned to to these events and tied back to the actual organization or customer that's using our platform? Do we actually want to see user level metrics versus company level? We actually decided to start with company level because we thought it would be much easier and it would be a good stepping stone into moving a little bit further down and getting user level analytics. So okay. now that we actually have all of this, we can move on to, to, to the next step, which is step three. Okay. So step three, in my opinion, and what I went through was evaluating a tool that would allow us to aggregate and display the data how we wanted to see it. Okay. And working, and also working then with a resource to write write these custom events that we had identified. So those five that I just went through, and I think I think this was probably the hardest part of the entire process because you do need to convince the powers that be how valuable it's going to be for the customer success organization and for the CSMs specifically to have access to critical behavioral data. In in this case, I actually built out a presentation that I took our CEO and COO through, um, where I really tied the impact that CSMs would have by having access to this information, to this data. And I really tried to tie that to the overall health of the business in regards to retention and expansion. And this is this is what really helped me get this initial resource to at least help build out the custom events for those five metrics that I went through. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what did you do after you got that? I'm assuming yes. that was successful. Talk yeah, to the so CFO, that, you got money, <laughs> you yeah. got a tool. So, well, that, so that, that was successful. We okay. already had the resource internally. So it was an okay. engineer. It was, it was really just more about, hey, can I have a few hours of this engineer's time to just build out a few custom events? Not, it's not going to take long. And here's why I think it's going to be valuable. So that's what I did okay. there. Okay. Um, so it wasn't really any extra money. It was more just, hey, can we reallocate a resource internally to help us out? Got it. Okay. Um, and we were also at a point at, at a, as a company where we knew we needed to have some sort of a, a visualization tool to at least expose this data to the front end of things and to all the, the non-engineering people at our business. Um, and we chose we chose Tableau as our BI tool to give myself and, like I said, other non-engineers access to the data that I just that I just discussed and those five at the time custom events that we needed to be to be coded. Okay. So now that we've got that established and approved, um, we actually move on. We move on to step four. So now that the information was exposed in Tableau or the tool of your choice. I had the freedom to really slice and dice this data however I wanted and and by what we felt made the most sense. So in our case, we decided to, to look at a rolling 30-day average 
of the above mentioned five metrics that we were tracking broken out by organization and by the CSM that owned that account. Got it. Okay. So this was this was really in the early days before we moved to a more automated approach and what I'm going to keep focusing on. But it was a pretty manual task in the beginning. However, I think it was definitely very necessary to work out the kinks before scaling. And it was it was a very effective way to do this at, at the time where I did have very little resources. So to be more specific, every Monday morning, I would export the past 30 days worth of data by org and by CSM for those five metrics that we've been that we've been discussing into Excel, where I had individual tabs for each of my, at the time, three CSMs. So this means each, each CSM actually had a, a raw data tab that I primarily worked in. Um, and then they also, they also had a tab where I built out the actual scores per customer that that specific CSM owned. That is very scrappy. I, I have to admit, I, I love it because I, I think it shows a lot of things. I think it shows that you can, even with really limited resources, still create a health score for yourself. And I think it shows that even, um, even when you have to do a lot of manual work at first before you can justify automating all of it, it's worth doing. Um, so let's talk about the thresholds because I think that you know you, you shared with the group the, um, the pieces of data that you decided to collect. I think one of the things that's important about building a health score is determining what, what the thresholds of those items are that indicate health or indicate risk. So what did you determine for those made a customer healthy versus risky? Yeah, great, great segue. And this is definitely the, the next part. It's going to be a lot of the beef of this whole thing. So okay. as everybody probably knows by now, this approach this approach is really tailored more towards a company that has approximately 100 to 150 accounts or clients at most. And I would say around four to five CSMs at most as well. Beyond beyond this amount, I would say this approach becomes a little bit too much, and you'll you'll probably get to the point then where you'll where you really feel like you're going to have to take on a little bit a little bit more automation and uh, mature a little bit from there. But this is definitely tailored towards 150 max accounts and about four to five CSMs. Okay. So as I mentioned previously, every customer will be considered healthy at a different level of usage. This is because some customers of yours will be big organizations with a lot of users, while other customers of yours are going to be much smaller with fewer users, which will result in very different usage metrics and therefore a different threshold for how healthy is really defined in those scenarios. So the exercise I went through with each CSM was to individually go through each account, which does sound tedious, but with each CSM only having 20 accounts, and for us at the time, this totaled 60 accounts, it really didn't take too long, maybe an hour per CSM for that meeting that I would conduct before the start of the quarter. Okay. So yeah, so prior to those meetings, I pulled the last three months of data. So yes, you do need to have some sort of a collection period to set, set a benchmark after you start to get these systems and processes into place. So we had three, I pulled the last three months of data to see which accounts had the most usage and which had the least usage. And then I talked to each CSM about whether or not they would rank that particular client as healthy, average, or poor. This gave me a combination of quantitative and qualitative data to use while creating the thresholds per account. So let's go into an, an, an example. So let's say that, for example, I was sitting down with my CSM, combing through the last few months of data that I had aggregated 
as a representation of that client's usage, where we would see an average usage across the five metrics that we care about most, while also discussing any sort of CSM sentiment about that account that may influence us labeling that, that specific account as either healthy, average, or poor. So let's continue down this same example. And let's say that based on previous usage and CSM sentiment and a comparison to all other accounts, usage, usage for that account was actually labeled as average. So now we know that account is average based on that criteria. From there, what I did was write some pretty straightforward if statements in Excel stating that if current usage is average with its X number of cost reports run over the past two months, Y number of creatives run over the past two months, again, looking at weekly averages, and Z number of custom events, for example, in our case, then improving this by a defined percentage would move the account towards healthy and decreasing this usage would actually move the account towards poor health. So, for example, if the average weekly total of cost reports run over the past two months is, let's say, 20, and we have declared that this is, in fact, average, I would then like to see this increase over the course of the next three months to a healthy level, which in our case, we determined would be moving this number from 20 to 25 reports. And this would reflect a 25% increase in usage for that metric, which then tells me, hey, all the things that we're doing as a CSM team are actually paying off. All the training and all the time spent with the client is actually pushing, pushing the client in the right direction and moving the needle the right way. Um, so I did, I did these fairly straightforward if statements for all five metrics that we've been talking about and just did the exact same thing there. And I'm also happy to share, share my calculations and share the spreadsheet that I used to build this if, if anybody's interested. Yeah, I think that would probably be the best way to handle it if someone wants to get into more detail. It's so hard yeah, to talk about math on the radio. <laughs> yeah, it is, hard. It is so. definitely hard, hard in a podcast. Um, yes. So, so now, now that I, now that I've written all of this out and just set the thresholds based on that criteria I just went through, I had a really solid snapshot at the beginning of the quarter of all the accounts and their current standing, which would allow me then later on to compare the actual impact at the end of the quarter compared to the beginning of the quarter that the CSM had on that account. Perfect. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute. By now, you probably know that the Success League offers two training programs for CSMs and success leaders. Our Customer Success Leadership Program is designed to help directors and VPs of customer success be more effective in their planning, hiring, management, and communication. I teach these classes, and as a former VP of customer success, I'm sharing the skills and models I learned over years of doing the job. Our CSM training program is for customer success managers who need training on customer success basics or to brush up on specific skills. These classes focus on how CSMs can help customers achieve the outcomes they are looking for through effective planning and communication. All of our classes are one-hour instructor-led sessions that include discussion and tools that enhance learning. Our 2018 classes start the week of January 22nd and prices are going up next year. However, if you sign up for either series by January 12th, you'll receive 2017 pricing, which is more than 20% off. For coupon codes and more information on both programs, you can visit the training page on our website, thesuccessleague.io. 
I also want to mention a terrific resource from Strike Deck called The Beginner's Guide to Customer Success. This is a 200-page ebook you can download from Amazon, and it includes fantastic tips, articles, and exercises to grow your career in customer success. CSMs will find information that helps them get started in the field, and managers will gain tools they can implement to help build the customer success function within their organization. Links for the Success League's training sessions and the ebook can be found in the description of this episode. And now back to our interview. So once your team had your health score in place, how did your customer success team members actually use it? Yeah, it's a great question. So that was that was the next step in my process was, hey, how are we going to use this now as a team? So we have the information, we have the thresholds. Now we need to actually start using it and, and putting it to its test. So I would run a weekly meeting every Monday morning after I would manually pull this data from Tableau and plug it in into my table uh, where it would just run the equations that I went through. In the meeting, we would actually cover any movement that happened over the past week as compared to the prior three-month weekly average that I pulled. Um, so, so that we would actually remain on top of all the movement and we could, we could really make sure that a, a client or their usage just wasn't taking a huge dip. So in this meeting, which I called, which I called poor and average meeting, um, uh, every CSM, yeah, it's just the poor and average meeting happened every Monday. That's kind uh, of a every, sad name. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a sad name, but I counterbalanced it by having a healthy, a healthy client's meeting every Friday. Okay. Oh, perfect. All right. That makes me feel <laughs> so, a little better for your yeah, group. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, and the goal is to never even have to have that meeting if we do everything right. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. So every CSM would actually provide feedback on potential solutions to to the CSM that was presenting their account in that in that meeting that fell into either a poor or average standing. So it was a really collaborative session where each CSM would present their case. We'd go into the numbers, look into why that account was actually deemed poor or average. And based on the outcome from that meeting, we would actually assign tasks in a JIRA Kanban board that I created so that every week everybody was doing very small incremental things that would hopefully move that, move that client in the right direction over the course of that quarter. Cool. That sounds like a good system. Was your customer health score tied to CSM compensation in any, any way or... Um, or, or was it totally separate from that? Yeah. So I get this question a lot and I think a lot of people have different opinions and it also really comes down to the structure of how you compensate your team. But in my yeah. case, yes, our customer health score is to this day, uh, tied to the CSM's variable compensation. So what I'm interested here in seeing is, is the CSM's ability to move their accounts in the right direction, which of course, in this case is towards our definition of what would be healthy. So going back to what I said before, the way I do this is I take a snapshot before the start of a quarter. And then what I can do is as I'm helping them throughout the quarter, of course, to reach their goal, we can we can take a look at the end of the quarter and we can see if on average they move the overall health of their clients in the right direction. And I set a target for everybody on the team. So everyone's goal to hit on on target earnings was to improve the health of their average score for all of their clients by 20% by the end of the quarter. And this component of their variable pay was, was 30% of the, of the overall variable. 
Okay. Thank you for being willing to share that because I think that that's important for people to understand. Um, some organizations choose to do that. Others don't. I think it's, uh, you know, if you're really going to focus your team on customer health and your health score, it's important to have an incentive behind that. So I, I'm excited to hear how you did that. Yeah, I so were there Were there any other ways you used health score inside your company? Did you report on it to your leadership team or use it to drive efforts across other groups in the company? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think I think as the score becomes more robust over time, people start to have a little bit more faith in the score, which is which is great. So it definitely takes takes time to get there and it takes time to convince people that it's actually something worth viewing and it does truly have an impact on your business. So we use our health score health score today to inform the AMs, so the account managers who are at our company in charge of renewal and upsell. We use it to inform them of upsell opportunity and also whether or not an account might be a tough renewal. We also share we also use this information to share quarterly forecasting of renewals and upsell, help our support team prioritize tickets. So right now, right now our Zendesk instance doesn't pull in any of this information. So we use our health score to help guide the support team in regards to how they prioritize their tickets, which is pretty cool. Uh, we also inform sales if we feel like the quality of a sale was was lower than than expectations, or maybe expectations were set poorly based on this score. And then ultimately, like, ultimately, I think it's starting to become it's starting to become a metric that the whole company's looking at as an indicator of our overall health as a business. Got it. Oh, very cool. So this is really helping you talk about customer success across the entire organization and get your whole company focused on that, not just your team. Very mm-hmm. cool. So if you had to do this over again, is there anything that you'd change about your approach? Or I guess another way to ask the question would be, what recommendations would you have for other customer success leaders who need to build a health score? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And my advice would definitely be to just get going. It's so easy with something like a health score to get caught up in, in all the parts of it that are not perfect. And it's really easy to get discouraged and derailed if you start thinking about all those things. I think you're much better off getting some momentum early on because I promise you'll be way more sophisticated in six months down the road from now if you just start today and you don't postpone waiting for the perfect first iteration, which probably doesn't even exist in the first place. I think that's really good advice. I, I you know, as I talk to our clients and talk to a lot of people that are you know, starting smaller customer success organizations, I think people do kind of get frozen by thinking about all the various things that could be a part of the health score. And I think it's more important just to move forward with a few and you can always build on it later. You will build on it later. You will change it down yeah, the road. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's really why we just started off with product usage. And then we start to do the same process for all those other initial categories that I walked through. Yeah, that's great. Well, so I want to ask you one last question, and this is something that I ask everybody on the podcast. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Good question. So I've been thinking about this a bit lately, and I feel there's a lot of there's a lot of trends, and that's part of the reason why we did this segment on on health score. So there's health score and there's account segmentation that gets a lot of a lot of attention. There's team structure. User journey mapping has been coming up a lot. CSM software now is popping up left and right. Um, I think I think the next big thing in customer success is going to be a more of a machine learning approach to the analysis of customer behavior and how that behavior is correlated to retention, 
where your time should be spent, how you can differently spend your time, how to, how to actually segment your accounts based off of this information and other suggestive outputs and insights based on this, on this data. So I think today it's just, it's very hard to really accurately understand what is causing your customers to be in, in good health or in poor health. And I think I think this machine learning approach, as we start to go go down the road, is going to start to become very, very, very robust and a very important part of people's people's decision making process. So that's where I'm starting to see some of these companies going. Yeah, I think the the newest round of technology uh, that's being built for customer success has a lot of. Um, you know, artificial intelligence slash machine learning that is a component of it. Um, I've, I've talked to five different companies that are in, you know, early stages. They haven't even released products yet. And they're they're building solutions for customer success that have that as a component. And I think the interesting thing about that is it's absolutely critical for anybody who's doing an automated approach to customer success. And, you know, you sort of think of high touch customer success teams as not needing that. But I think what it can do for higher touch teams is really free up the customer success managers to be focused on the really high value interactions that they can have with customers and maybe automate some of the lower value interactions that they're doing now manually. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. And another Another trend that I'm that I'm seeing, and even within my own company, is is the CEO getting heavily involved in customer success. I think people now are starting to really really realize the impact that customer success has on the success of the overall business. So it's really great yeah. to see from the top down a lot of additional attention and exposure to the customer success uh, business unit. Absolutely. It's a very exciting time. <laughs> so Ben, thanks so much for sharing very practical details on this hot customer success topic. I know our listeners appreciate that you provided a clear step-by-step -step guideline on how to approach building a health score. I know you're in the middle of implementing the whole CS program at singular.net. So I really appreciate you taking the time to record this webinar with us today. Thank you very, very much. No problem. It's my pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me. And I'd love to, to go into maybe a, a version two of this so that people can see how we've progressed over time. That would be great. Let's get back together in about six months and see how things are going. <laughs> Sounds great. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, please subscribe to Strike Deck Radio on iTunes or SoundCloud. And finally, thanks for listening to this podcast, and we hope you'll join us next time. Mm -hmm.